This is the Fit Fun Father podcast with your host, Michael Sobkew. In the podcast, we dive deep into health, fitness, and the ultimate goal to be the happiest person you can be. Growing through adverse, challenging times to prosper through and take the learnings of the challenges we faced before and after and throughout our lives. People, this is an exciting podcast with a multitude of fantastic guests, topics, how-tos, everything you need to help improve your life one step at a time. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Fit Fun Father podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sobkew, and we have a bit of a special episode. I like to call them all special episodes. Uh, but before we dive into the special episode, I just want to give you guys a big thanks for all the support and downloads thus far on the show. It's been amazing, um, great, fantastic journey, and I hope all of you stick around and continue to support me. Uh, another big thing, obviously, as a lot of the world knows, I do a lot of um, comprehensive nutritional um, movement type uh, coaching, uh, as well as helping those with mindset and you divorced or separated guys going through that type of process is something that I um, have some experience with and try and help uh, build confidence through health and fitness and kind of set the tools, set the stage for a better version of yourself moving forward. So if anyone is interested in that particular service, please, by all means, DM me, uh, send me a shout out. I can go to the link in the page. I have my question application that you can run through. Um, it'll kind of send me a little bit of an email or whatever, and then we can connect and have a, a quick phone call and just really go through some of the things, uh, areas that you need uh, help with and push you in the right direction. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, so what else? So I say so a lot. Um, it is, what am I recording this? Thursday. It's Thursday, the 27th of February. Things out in St. Albert here in Alberta. For those of you listening, depending on where you are on the planet, I'm up in northern Canada or mid-central Canada. We just consider Canada really north. So it's a little bit cold, a better February than we're used to. I've been doing a lot of training lately. Um, getting ready to uh, take some of my fitness expertise on the one-on-one basis with clients. So I've been um, kind of working on my own little, uh, and it's funny, this episode is kind of based on weight loss and and why you shouldn't use that as a primary goal uh, for long-term health and fitness. Um, has some short-term benefits, and we can kind of discuss some of those things. But I have a bit of a... Uh, a, a little goal to kind of hit a certain weight uh, for my own um, personal fitness goal uh, through aesthetics and, and a photo shoot type thing that I want to kind of wanted to kind of do for a little while, but not really in the mindset for it until now. So I'm kind of working towards that. So I've been exercising quite often, uh, sometimes twice a week, and then we do a lot of cardiovascular stuff. 
um, integrated with that, some interval trainings. I have a trainer training me on that kind of stuff. So it's been fantastic, uh, exhausting, lots of things on the go um, with me, uh, podcast, killing it as normal. I'm having so much fun doing this, uh, growing this, uh, experiencing this through the journey, meeting some amazing people, getting some amazing contacts and guests and Um, it's just been phenomenal. I never thought I I could get to this point and really enjoy it. So, um, we'll continue down that path. Um, what else is new and exciting in the world? That's about, that's about it. Uh, I know this coronavirus thing is big lately and it's kind of affected my son's going on a Europe trip in a month and we're kind of touch and go with that and, and watching how that, uh, goes through and hopefully people are um you know trying to be as healthy as they possibly can and and staying away from these type of things and I don't want to kind of dive into the politics of flu shots and things like that but uh there is a place and uh for a lot of people who deal with others uh in a on a public regular occurrence should probably have one of those shots done uh not just for your own protection but the protection of the others around you especially around children and um, some of the the elderly folk. Okay, I just took a big old swig of the water, so bear with me. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to dive into um, why most people, and we'll be specific when I say that, should not have weight loss as a primary goal for health and wellness but it tends to be um the main driver for a lot of what people are doing you know people come to me about uh getting healthy and getting fit and you know more often than not you know it's i want to lose weight and my always response or one of my responses lately is why and I know for a lot of people, they that seems like, you know, my reply to why do you want to lose weight? You know, maybe they, they think, oh, this is this guy ignorant? Like, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm overweight or I'm, you know, I feel gross. I, my clothes don't fit correctly. And this guy's asking me why I want to lose weight. And the simple answer is, yeah, I want to know why you want to lose weight. Because often, more often than not, we visualize ourselves as these um, Instagram models or, or these people that are in phenomenal shape that are sub 8% body fat. And the truth of the matter is, A, that's 1% of the 1% that look and maintain that first and foremost. There's a tremendous of time of training and dedication that goes into honing in first a base, building a foundation to get your body to look like that. Um, and then there are some dieting extremes that people have to put themselves through to get to look like that. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that if you are overweight, obese, have eating issues, um, emotionally eat, the first and foremost, biggest important thing is to find out why and what deep 
down in your soul has drove you to do that. And sometimes we forget. And probing and looking into this is is extremely important. Some people, it's they were picked on as a kid, or they're tired of being told that they're overweight, or you know they lost a girlfriend or a boyfriend over it, or you know we're a subject to verbal abuse, physical abuse. Um, all types of different things that we we get scared or we have a protective mechanism in our brain that we've created from some of these events or traumatic events that allows us to kind of autonomically, I don't know, automatically, I'll say, you know, get all fancy here. Um, automatically, we want to run to food or we we go to food for comfort. It's something that gets us away from that place just like an alcoholic or a drug addict or a gambling addict or something they 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 feel um, better about themselves or they have moments where they can escape reality when indulging in those particular substances or um, events or whatever it is that they that they're doing and oftentimes obesity and, and being overweight kind of falls in that similar path where we we've we've mismanaged the way we eat or we've we've created this perpetual habit of continually chasing and eating and and convenience becomes something and when we realize or we get to the point where we want to lose weight we have to really ask ourselves are we prepared to take the long journey um, in doing this and what I mean by that is what I see out there, especially in social media, and it kind of pisses me off a little bit. And and I'll be completely honest when I when I dove into the online space, I kind of started in that direction, right? Because that's what everybody was doing: like sixty day challenge, thirty day challenge, lose twenty pounds. But deep down, I was like, this is like. I can't do this this way. It doesn't make any sense. You didn't get overweight or let's just let's dive into the ugly. Like you didn't get fat. You didn't get slow. You didn't start to breathe heavy and sweat profusely and feel uncomfortable in your clothes overnight. That happened over months and years of not regulating your food control and eating whatever it is you want or not understanding the implications of the foods you were eating or convincing yourself I'm not eating that a lot or I'm oh it's okay I I can I can make it work or I'll just eat less in the morning you know you create these this talk with yourself that we do in all different aspects of our lives it gets you kind of pulls you away from that and nothing frustrates me more than when you see those these these fitness professionals they they look really good they want to get you in shape really fast um i and i and this is why i i kind of label this episode like why you shouldn't have weight loss as your primary goal when it comes to that is because most of us don't need a 30 or 60 day weight loss goal now let's talk about the exceptions who benefits from a 30 or 60 day weight loss goal a 
you're getting married and you need to fit into that wedding dress. Okay, green check mark for that. Yeah, I will do that. Um, you want to lose a couple pounds to fit into the dress. I get it. You bought the dress. It was probably five, ten thousand bucks, depending on what kind of wedding. Maybe, maybe not that much. I'm just shooting for the stars. And you're damn well gonna fit in it. And somebody better get you to that weight or that waist size, um, so that you can fit in it. So yes, there's a good opportunity for thirty sixty challenge. What's another one? Competition. You got a group of friends. You got a group of people that you're going to do a fat loss challenge. You're going to do a weight loss challenge. You're going to do whatever it takes to win a prize or a contest or bragging rights or a big cheat meal at the end of the 60 days or whatever the stipulations or the con- the, the confines of that con- of that contest are is a reason to do a 30 or 60 day challenge. Sure. Have fun. It's short term. Um, and maybe it brings a little bit of spice to your already fitness regime or fitness protocol that you do the other 11 or 10 months of the year. Other than that, um, there's a whole not, there's not a whole lot of reason to try and strive for those 30 or 60 or even 90 day weight loss programs. For the average person, we need six months to a year and potentially even further depending on your level and your weight and where you're at with your eating patterns. And what are your goals? Like where are you looking to really go with this? Because I can tell you firsthand from somebody who was 240 pounds, Five foot six, very overweight, very out of shape, uh, very difficult to get up in the morning, always sore, and not the good kind of sore, not the muscle I had a good workout sore. We're talking the the aches and the pains and the the joints, and feeling like everything is just stiff. And then you you kind of group that in with maybe you're getting older, you, you're a fa- you're a parent, or you're your husband, life is busy, work is taken over, I'm doing all these, my, my day's busy with all these things, this is part of getting older, oh my fucking god, no it isn't, no, 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 it is definitely not, um, I know I get all fired up, it, it, at 30, at my mid-30s, I was probably the unhealthiest I've ever been, you know, I would even go less, I would go, you know, from like 30, 31 to 37, 33, yeah, somewhere in there, because I did a, a little bit of a weight loss thing when I was like 29, 30 for a, for a very short period of time, and then gained it all back, um, but it, it was, it was gross, I was gross, I felt gross, I felt disgusting, um, and I, and I had a lot of those, those issues, I'd just gone through a really bad divorce, and Kind of had to struggle through that. And I needed a, what is that, five years now? I needed a uh, a 50-year uh, process. That's what I, I need, a 50-year process, right? Uh, with short-term goals in between, and I'm not saying that goals are not, um, goals need to be set. Uh, they need to be set in red or regular intervals, or we call, you know, like mesocycles, 
where we we have these shorter term goals, but they're based on the process or the longer term thought process of getting through our lives being healthy and fit. And um, weight is something that comes when you start to learn how to feel better, how you um, sleep better, and some of the nutritional uh, advantages of starting to eat right. When we start to align those particular things, nutrition for one, and and we'll dive into this a little bit because I think people first are not educated enough as to the foods that they're taking in. We we eat based on palatability. We eat based on marketing. We eat based on convenience. So you add those three things, palatability, marketing, convenience. And you have um, in here in Canada, we, and I'm sure in the United States and other places of the world, we have you know, delivery services for all major restaurants, fast food places in the area. Um, they're marketed on every television show, uh, for every commercial. They're in social media. You can't turn on Facebook, Instagram, um, whatnot without getting some sort of advertisement. You can't turn on your TV or your computer or go, or go down the street without some sort of flashy sign with a well photoshopped burger on it um and the convenience of all of these type of foods are at our fingertips we don't actually have to leave the house to get these foods anymore it's one thing to to want a cheeseburger at your local fast food restaurant and you had to like get in your car drive there and sometimes you know and and i'll go back to my own experience sometimes that was just too much. I was just too fucking lazy. I'm like, I'm not getting off my ass to go into my car to go down to the local cheeseburger place and buy some cheeseburgers because then, well, I know I'll have them finished by the time I get back into the driveway of the house and it's just not worth it. So you don't go and there's an extra thousand calories you don't put in your body. But nowadays, you just got to pick up your phone Put your little thumb on the, the 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 fingerprint button, open it up, hit the app, hit hit the send button, automatic payment comes out, and there's a dude at your door 15 minutes later. Then it's easier to do. You don't have to go anywhere. You just hit a button. Oh, burger's here, and you're in front of the TV, and you're gonna eat the burger and you're gonna enjoy it, and you're you didn't have to do eat it, you know, cram it down your throat while you're driving type thing. Some of you may be laughing at that, going, yeah, that's me, I know. I get it. So we look at food consumption, we look at con- when we look at convenience, we look at, you know, and palatability, okay? So how good does this thing taste? Because I kind of touched on the other two, but I didn't really dive into palatability and these food types. They're engineered to trigger certain aspects of the brain, like dopamine, and they are put together so that they they manipulate our senses and allow us to really experience that food in that brief moment for what it is like, almost like a drug, like a narcotic. Um, It tastes delicious. Well, when we get used to that, so we get used to that great tasting food, you know, potato chips to me are are like the most well-engineered piece of food on the planet. So you have 
greasy, oily, um, highly processed potatoes in a chip form with a thousand different flavors. Anywhere from chicken and waffles to maple syrup back to ketchup to dill pickle to rippled with extra dill pickle and and then we do sour cream and you're probably salivating as I go through the list of potato chips. I kind of was myself. My body's like, oh, well, you eating chips? You getting ready? You getting ready? And uh, yeah, so it's hard because you can sit in front of a, a television mindlessly watching TV and eat a bag after bag of potato chips because they're highly processed very highly, very hyper palatable, so they taste good. We've got all these different. I'm going to try dill pickle. I don't want to. Try, I really like this flavor, and you, you you find how good they taste. And it's not like eating a potato. If I handed you a potato, even if I like here, I'll boil it for you. Here, eat this raw. You'd be like, that's disgusting. Um, but yet the potato chip, which is going to be uh, triple the calories. Uh, but triple the flavor. So it kind of goes hand in hand, right? And we it perpetually kind of pushes us into this thought process of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm always hungry. I'm, I continue to eat. I'm eating these, you know, I'm eating burger after burger and I'm not sure where it's going because there's no nutritional value in that food, <clears throat> okay? So here's the propensity this is this is this is what happens when we when we dive into those three categories we're into our good tasting hyper palatable foods we've been marketed and we're ready to buy and now all of a sudden we don't have to go anywhere we'll just have it conveniently brought to us when you put non-nutritional food in your body your your body will continually do two things that it has to do it's going to digest the food you gave it so it's going to separate um, the macronutrients, like your carbohydrates will convert into glucose. They will, like everything else, uh, fill up your gas tank. In, and, and what I mean by that is your liver and muscles um, will take what they need uh, as kind of a reserve. And then um, your brain. And then the rest goes into what's spillover. We call adipose tissue is your fat. So we continually eat those, we, we consume the burger, we compartmentalize, insulin gets driven because anytime we eat carbohydrates or we're in the presence of glucose, we need insulin to kind of say, all right, you're going to the muscle, you're going to the brain, and you, I uh, don't know why you're here, you're, there's too much of you, didn't see your name on the guest list, you got to go hang out with the other fat cells out there. That's kind of what happens. And now your body has what's called, okay, let's just back up here a little bit. So you've eaten these foods. There's something else in a lot of our food groups that's called micronutrients or very highly enriched with vitamins like B12, uh, foods for like A, vitamin C. We have our water-soluble or fat-soluble vitamins, uh, phytonutrients, things that we get from plants, vitamin K, Um. This is, these are the things that help your body function. It helps hormones. So men out there, they've got low testosterone or you're feeling lethargic all of the day. You're probably lacking a lot of vitamin and minerals. Therefore, you have 
stalled or stagnant hormone levels, and therefore maybe your sex drive gets lower over it. We go see the doctor. Maybe we get these things checked. Um, but if we just kind of like reverse these things and kind of look at maybe more nutrient-dense foods, this is kind of what happens. So let's get past, of course, there are tools and coaching cues and coaching tips to help people create these better habits. So I want to dive into that first a little bit. I, I want to go from the bad food to the good food, kind of t- discuss that. And then the coaching part of it really is is just making certain steps in the right direction. So going from, from where I just talked about to where I'm going to talk doesn't happen overnight either. This isn't a switch that you can just turn on and be like, oh, I listen to the podcast. I can do this. So maybe there's a small percentage of you that can, that just are wired that way. But for most of us, we have to create better habits. So when we go from a lot of these hyper palatable, highly processed foods that have zero nutritional uh, content in them, and what I mean by nutritional, I do mean micronutrients because you'll read the label and you'll be like, well, there's carbs and there's protein and there's it's, it's giving me some of this stuff on there. Sure, but it's processed to hell and it, and honest to goodness, it it's in a factory. You, I mean, you really don't know what's, what's in it. Like read the rest of what's in it, right? If you can't really pronounce a lot of those words and you're looking them up, do they really, do, like, do you really know what they are, you know, and what they're doing to your body over a long period of time? All right, nutritional foods. So when we eat things like Leafy greens, um, kale, spinach, broccoli, broccolini, um, you know, just a mixed vegetable of, you know, let's get all of our colors and our peppers, uh, cucumbers, things like that. We bring along with it phytonutrients, vitamin K, vitamin C, vitamin A, okay, that are going to help with hormone function, um, satiety, um, and really allowing the body to function a lot better, Um so when we eat those foods, a couple things happen. First of all, the calorie content is lower than the hyperpalatable processed foods. They have to use a lot of oils, vegetable oils, uh, things like that to process these foods. And when you, when you have those high uh, fat content or high oils and things like that, you create, you create a higher um, caloric content because fat is over double the... Uh, calories that a carb or a protein would be. So we've eaten our greens. We've eaten maybe a 150 calorie salad. Uh, we put maybe a little balsamic on it, something of a vinaigrette. And now you've get now you've added all these packed with all these phytonutrients, antioxidants, things that are going to allow you to sustain better function. You put them in your body. Your body's like. Yeah, yeah, like, look what we got. The bus with all the goodies is here. And, you know, you back that truck up and they offload it and they put this here and that's going there. And Man, oh, man, we haven't, you know, our sex drive really sucks. So let's boost this. And the brain's like, yeah, whoa, where the heck have you been? I know that kind of is a messed up analogy, but I hope you're laughing listening to it. Um, but that's that's the basics of it. Put highly dense nutritional food in your body and a couple things happen. Not only you change it at a physiological level, right? Like I talked, your cells are happier. Your body changes the way that it regulates hormones. 
Um, your energy levels will start to increase throughout the day. Your sleep will start to become better. You'll go into a deeper sleep for longer. There are some other added tips and tricks that we can uh, talk about uh, when it comes to coaching for a lot of those. But those are the markers that you want to work towards. And if you're somebody who eats out all the time, this is something can be very difficult. You know, we look at the ideal situation or people posting the meal prep and they, you know, they've got the the perfectly weighed out six inch piece of steak, lean meat with the side of veggies and a bit of rice and, and they eat that five times a day for the rest of their life. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not conducive to the regular, to regular people who have social lives, who have kids, who may have to cater to other people in other situations. So it's not practical to go down that road. What most people need to do is start to add some of these things to their regular um, eating habits and patterns. So if you're somebody who um, eats out three to four times a day, maybe, you know, instead of the fries, get a salad and don't put dressing on it. Or I don't want to do, I, you know, we laugh about this. You know, you order, you order fries, a burger, and then you get a Diet Coke, right? Why? It's got aspartame instead of sugars, lower calorie, things like that. And I don't disagree that cutting out calories from liquids is one of the best things you can do in the instance of that meal. It's the most insignificant part is the drink. The stuff that you're eating is going to harm you, let's use that word, a whole lot more than the Coke. But it goes back to the psychological aspect of it. I want that burger. I want those fries and I feel better eating them knowing I made a healthy choice. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I, for most of you who eat like that, that's probably what you're thinking or have thought and now subconsciously subconsciously have taken that with you for every time you order that. Maybe you don't think that every time, but you you did at one point and now it's just automatic. We need to start to change those habits, but when we directly give the body what it needs, it's going to give us some help in that direction. And it's important that we listen to our bodies. We It's important that we be like, hey, I'm hungry right now. Uh, I just ate. Why am I hungry? Maybe it is that you didn't give the body enough nutrition. You um, can easily add a, a salad or a sweet potato or uh, you know some lean meat at one meal or another. Or there's multitude of different things. Get some healthy fats in your system. And the way that we measure these things for the mo- for the for the most part of those people out there is, you know, the palm. Or that cupped hand, or the thumb. So when we look at protein, you know, if you fit in the in the palm of your hand, that's a good portion size. Um, your fat shouldn't fit in any more than the length of your thumb. And then carbohydrates should be about a cupped handful. So you take your fingers, kind of cup them towards you, and that circumference inside the cup is is your carbohydrate intake. Um, and then greens, I say, go to town. You eat as many leafy vegetables as you possibly can and go to town. 
with the leaf greens and stuff like that. Because the calorie content sometimes for what you get nutritional wise and how full those things are going to make you because of the, the density and fiber, I challenge you. Like you want to eat 10 salads a day with your meal, good luck. You know, you're still at a thousand calories. Like, you know, you could eat a handful of fries and and, and still be okay in your in in the calorie uh, department. So those are a couple of tips that you can do that. Okay, so we've kind of discussed through this hyper palatability marketing, fast food, adding nutritional food. You know, focusing on energy and sleep. These are all habits that we have to form. So. These things take time and, and they're measured based on feedback between you, your coach, um, your support system, whatever it may be. And we start to regulate weight based on those things. If you give your body a high nutritional um, eating program, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even think program is the right thing, then you just eat better. Your body will regulate itself. You will lose weight fat will come off at a regular sustainable pace that your your metabolism can keep up with so there's an, there's something else we can add to this whole dynamic and some of you may be like confused as fuck listening to this that's okay i'll make many more of these podcasts i will provide you as much content as i can as much free stuff as you can get I will inundate you with the information that you need and hopefully you can take it and help change your life. If not, next best thing, give me a buzz and I will help you reach your goals. I'll be like in your back pocket um, helping you along this journey because it's important. And and I, from somebody who has, hasn't had coaches in the past, whether it's for a particular goal or all around health or business or whatever it may be, um, coaching is that outside perspective to kind of keep you in line and accountable to the particular things that you're trying to do in your life and giving you those tools. So there's such value in coaching. Um, but at the same sense, some people that might not be their thing or they may not gravitate towards that. And that's fine. Um, you know, through the podcast and, and if you go to my website, um, even though there's not a whole lot on there yet, cause I'm still building a lot of that up, you'll get as much information as I, as I can give you on there. So we've talked about metabolism. We, um, we talk about these, let's just step back to the 30 to the 60 day challenge. A lot of these coaches that are going to get you to lose a ton of weight in a short period of time are going to push you to levels that you are not used to doing. Now, if you're a highly motivated person, or if you have stumbled across a coach and you're inquiring about a 30 to 60 day program, that coach is going to think to himself, they have the motivation to do this length of time. Motivation can be a very powerful driver the problem with motivation is it puckers out really fucking quickly. I mean, you cannot be motivated seven days a week, 365 days of the year. I don't care who you are. Motivation at some point, it cannot be the driving factor to the, your health and fitness and the success of your health and fitness doesn't work like that. But in a 30 or 60 day challenge, it sure does. So adherence is, 
is high. The goal to attain that goal is high because, okay, you're brand new. You're right out of the gate. You've never exercised before. You're overweight. You need to lose 30 pounds. You want to lose, you know, that's your, maybe that's your, just your goal. Maybe you, you threw that number at a wall and it's stuck. I don't know. How did you get to 30 pounds? How did you know 30 pounds is enough? Anyway, we'll get into more of that after. On the coach's perspective, he knows he can do that. He knows he can get you there. He's going to push you through that motivation stage. He's going to get you to, he's going to motiv- pump you up even more in the beginning. And this isn't a bad thing, people. Coaches should be pumping you up and inspiring you throughout the process. But it's equally important to realize that the coach is going to have to do some things to you that are going to make you uncomfortable and is going to cross his fingers that motivation is enough to get you through that 30 or 60 days. A lot of marketing goes through for these short-term projects because at the end of the day, you come in, you come out, you maybe you lose the 20 pounds or whatever it is, you're happy, but then what, Right? But we're not going to talk about that right now. We're, we're going to step back and we're going to go into this. So let's talk about the initial stages. You're going to get pulled through the questionnaire. Maybe you're going to be received this stringent meal plan. Meal plans are good. Don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with meal plans. I give meal plans out to clients all the time. We have specific goals. But I base my meal plans around nutrition first. I want them to eat healthy foods. And then I worry about weight later. So... Some may put you on a particular nutrition plan that it's going to be driven by weight loss, not necessarily nutrition. So maybe there is a um, lack of carbohydrates. Maybe it's a minimal fat diet or a very high protein, minimal fats and carbs diet, you know, working on the basis of, you know, um, therm- thermogenics and the fat burning effect on or the metabolic effect on burning or digesting protein, I should say, and and the calorie expenditure required to digest protein is higher than the other macronutrients. So that's something coaches may may or may not look at. It's minuscule, by the way. It's not a measure for weight loss, in my opinion. Um, And you're going to lose, and exercise, we're going to do cardiovascular exercise, you're going to lose a lot of water. Just saying. If you ever get on the scale that first week and you're like, oh, down five pounds my coach is the best coach on the planet nobody tell me differently no he just realizes that you've lost water first all right i'm not trying to discourage you or beat you down like i said if you're trying to get into a fucking wedding dress that's going to help you know if you're a fighter preparing for a fight at a weight class you need to pull water those are benefits for those particular goals you know you're a sports athlete and you're trying to you know get on stage or hit a particular goal or whatever or in a contest hey you want to win that 500 bucks who cares how you get there there are tips and tricks to losing a lot of weight in a very short period of time but we want to talk about fat loss we are not in the game for just weight loss weight loss you know again to those specific things may be important for the average person they're concerned about losing fat. Fat comes off at a slower pace. You're looking at, you know, somebody who's very obese, you could be doing the two to five pound a week. 
for somebody who's overweight or um, average size, you know, maybe a dad with just a gut and a, you know, a bit of belly fat and, uh, you know, fat around his hips and legs and things like that, arms, you're looking at a pound to two pounds a week of sustainable weight loss. You're also looking at spikes in weight gain due to, you know, stress and, you know, holding water, retaining water. You're going to have weeks where your metabolism says, go fuck yourself. I'm not losing a pound. I don't want to let go of any more fat. And it's not the greatest measure for overall health because our body is evolutionarily programmed to store fat at some degree because your body needs to keep you alive. It needs you breathing. It needs your heart pumping. And it doesn't have a clue when you're going to eat next. It doesn't follow your your consciousness. It's not like, oh, lunch is at noon, even though there is a bit of an autonomic um programming that goes on where your body's hormonal levels like adrenaline and things may um, start to flare up at certain points of the day because it's used to you eating that food but at a basic level it's got to store adipose tissue so that it has a reserve of fuel so you're going to store body fat so the average person if you are a lean man, you're still going to have, you know, 10 to 15 pounds of body fat on you if you're a very healthy, even athletic person. That's not uncommon. You want to be on the cover of a magazine or do a photo shoot and look vascular and um, the indented um, uh, abdominal muscles, the cavity on the obliques, that that line that separates the um, hip from the the core, things like that. Those are maybe sub 8%, 5-6%. That is not normal and it is certainly not necessarily healthy. And there are different measures that have to go along with a very strict, consistent nutritional plan with manipulation. And what I mean by manipulation is there is a science to looking like that and there is a small window of time that you have looking like that. Then you add a tan, oil, camera, lighting, technology, I can go on, and you have this perfect picture that somebody... And I'm not discrediting anybody who's got to this point, who's got an amazing shape and has put together a photo shoot to sell himself or look a particular way. Not a bad thing. You know, I give kudos to fitness professionals that have the ability to do that or want to do that. And particularly a goal of mine to get through that for two reasons. One, um, it's a, it's a bit of a mesocycle for me or a short-term goal in my long-term health um, to do something like that at my age as a reward to the fat Mike who felt very useless inside. So there there's deep meaning in achieving these goals for me. Doesn't mean that's necessarily your deep meaning. If you're doing it just to post a picture on Instagram, well, you better have some real big mental toughness because it's going to drag you through the mud promise 
Um, and then, of course, there's some water manipulation things that we can do on a science thing when we, when we play with when we, salt levels and, and fluid intake and carbohydrates and some of the, the things that go along with that. Um, so we've discussed hyperpalatable foods. We've discussed our uh, need to lose weight, what that looks like. We've gone through the 30 to 60 challenge. What's some of the things that are actually going to occur? And then we want to dive into what we're just talking about, sustainable weight loss for the average person. When you eat, as I just mentioned, highly nutritional dense foods, add some exercise in there. And I mean, resistance training, uh, follow up with cardiovascular training to keep the heart and lungs um, functioning and more efficient. And when we talk about resistance training, we talk about lifting weights. It can be body weight, bands, kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, machines, cables. You name it, there are a variety of different things out there that will allow you to build muscle, increase bone density, or sustain bone density, I should say, not increase, sustain bone density. Um, I just don't, yes. Okay. Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go. My brain just went, what? you know, where you're just like, huh, what just happened there? Maybe I have a nutrient deficiency right now. Maybe I haven't eaten enough deliciousness. <laughs> anyway, back to where I was. And we actually will start to, um, fight the aging process. So most people lose, I think, about five pounds every 10 years of muscle mass. We have increased, we have continual bone density loss. If you're not getting enough vitamins and minerals from outside sources, guess where your body's going to take it from? It's going to take it from your bones. It's going to take it from your muscles. It's going to be like, we need this for day-to-day function. You're not giving it to us. Then you have things like osteoporosis and some of these other ailments that transpire. Not necessarily because of this. Um, I am not a doctor. I don't prescribe. I don't look at these things. That You would have to see a physician to make a determination if you are diagnosed with osteoporosis or any of these ailments or deficiencies. Um, then I would recommend you talk to your local dietitian, of course another level of expertise when it comes to um, vitamins and minerals and how the body operates and on all that kind of stuff from there you can come to me where I do the nutritional coaching can really have an impact on your habits and forming better habits around food Um, and collectively as a team through your physician dietitian nutritional coach exercise coach personal trainers whatever you can create this really good foundation for long-term sustainable health and getting through the emotional barriers that we need to get through um, so that you can open up your why and understand your goals and why you're doing those particular things and then you don't need the motivation. You see how this all ties together? Motivation are those short bursts of like, I can do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know, you power through 30, 60 days, 90 days, and you're down 25 pounds. Yes, this is amazing. I lost this weight and I did it. Fuck yeah. Let's go to the bar and have a beer. Yeah. Wicked. And all this, you know what? I haven't had a burger in a while. You guys want a burger? Let's get a burger. Six months later, 
you put 15 of that, 20 of that back on, and then what? You go back to a 30 or 60 day? Yeah, a lot of people are, right? Just need motivation again. But with that, maybe comes a break of two or three years of going back to old patterns, and maybe you've put 50 extra pounds on. becomes perpetual. Then you create these foundational benchmarks in your brain of, of of a particular failure or a particular type of, you know, for me, when I first lost weight, I think I lost 40 pounds in, I want to say 90 days. And I looked amazing. People are like, you look so good. You're like, look, you're getting in shape. And I was like, yes. And when I sat down at the dinner table, I felt indestructible. I was like, I lost all this weight. It was hard. You know, I worked really hard. I sweated a lot. I ate barely any food. I was starving at night most of the times to get there you do these extreme measures but motivation was high and then when you're done you you kind of like reward yourself um because you hit this this date this time and then all of a sudden you're like yeah i'm ready to kind of just go back to my normal life so the motivation's gone you created a goal or you maybe you gave yourself a window or a or a you gave yourself some slack where you're like, oh, I'm down 40 pounds. I can eat that cake. 50 pounds later, you're back to square one, and now you feel more of a failure because it didn't it didn't sustain itself, but it was really not your ability to lose weight. It was your ability to create habits around being sustainable in weight loss, being sustainable with health and fitness, understanding what good energy feels like, what good sleep feels like, what it means to have a higher sex drive, more libido, good hormone levels, good brain function. I mean, it it all comes into itself. I look at businessmen who are highly intelligent or highly in a very prominent role. If you're not exercising, you're doing your business a detriment because you're thoughts and your brain power and the way you think are all based on you know you as a physiological human being you exercise you get more neurotransmitters that get connected from the brain to the muscle you become in my opinion more intelligent just they all go hand in hand you must move you must understand how to move and eat and fuel your body with the things that it needs I hope that shed some light on why weight loss may not be the necessary first step in sustaining long-term health and wellness and fitness. If you have a short goal like getting into a wedding dress or winning a competition, by all means, fire away. 60 to 90 days. In fact, if that's your goal, I'll write you a plan for free (laughs) if that's your goal. If you want long-term sustainable weight loss, you want to change habits and have somebody in your corner, get a coach, DM me, message me, listen to more of the podcast, read articles, um, check out different fitness uh, hosts, look at opinions, compare opinions, try things, but never go into it thinking you're going to Make the world different in 60 days. It doesn't work like that. Think about your kids and your grandkids and where you're going to be in 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago when it comes to movement, health and fitness. 
How do you want to move when you're 60? How do you want to feel when you're 60? I know I'm 42 and I'm restarting a career in the fitness world that I have no idea where it's going to take me. I have no doubt that it's going to take me to amazing places. Um, but I look at the long term like this doesn't happen when I'm 50. This doesn't necessarily maybe happen when I'm 55. And what I mean by this is some of my long-term goals. So, you know, with anything, there's a level of, you know, growth that needs to transpire over time and, and learning and networking and meeting new people and, and facing adversity and going through challenges. And I know when I'm 55 years old, I want to act and feel exactly like I do at 42 but in a different place in my life, maybe in a different country, maybe with grandkids, maybe, you know, with a, you know, more limited, less time for, um, for work and more time for pleasure or more time with the ones that I love around me. And then what does that look like at 16, 65, 70, 75, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I look at, you know, my parents, they're, they're up there in age in the seventies. Um, and it's amazing to watch how, and for two individuals that they eat fairly healthy, they eat, um, you know, I think their son has helped them a bit. Um, you know, they're active as, as far as walking is concerned, some basic exercise, but by no means do they follow a, uh, guided structured, um, plan that uh, a lot of people should be doing so I would even consider them a little bit outside of that window of of where I would ideally put a lot of people in the health and fitness space but they are in a remarkable shape and feeling remarkable that's 35 years in front of me so I'm like okay you know like you know 33 35 years that's a long time to do a lot of shit in this business. There's a long time to do a lot of stuff in my own personal life. What do I want to feel like when I'm 75? Right? I want to feel really good. I don't necessarily need to look good in the mirror. I don't necessarily need to like, you know, have muscle definition, those things at 75. But I want to feel good. You know, I want to have sex at 75. I want to be able to enjoy my life, travel without, you know, high in medical insurance or have these ailments that, that could come as a result of poor health. You know, depending where you are in life, just have a look backwards. Like, go back, you know, if you're an older individual, go back 20, 30 years and, and put yourself in one of those moments, right? When you were, when you were thinner and you're, you're partying and you're having a good time and ask yourself if you had a ever thought about where you would have been at your current age you know you look maybe you, you're back in your 20 year old body and you're going do you wonder what I'll be like at 45 and now you're 45 is that person that you wanted to be when you were 20 is is that who you are right now is that the is that the ideal direction and if the answer is no um and it's going to be for most of us so this isn't something this is not picking any one particular person out this is this is most of us we do we chase this um i don't think you ever catch it but you can get close is you know look now ahead at your 70th birthday you know do you feel that right now if you don't make any changes that you may 
be at risk for a heart attack or tied to an oxygen bottle or have some sort of, you know, the, the ailment that prevents you from going out or walking or you're on, uh, you know, the, the M to S um, of medication and you're popping 10 to 15 pills a day and you've got, got more doctor's appointments than you, you had scheduled work hours when you were younger. You know, those are some things and the hard times can fall on us all and medical issues can fall on the healthiest of people. But I think we need to really focus more on that than we do some of the other aspects of our lives, like um, you know our current financial situations when it comes around buying particular things. Now, I do agree in, in investing in your future on a financial level and, and having good financial um, portfolio, but I think it's equally important, if not more important, to focus on your health and fitness and making sure that you're making long-term sustainable um, habits and plans to be that ideal person. So with that, everyone, I am going to wrap up this uh, nearly hour-long episode. Thank you again. Please share and subscribe the episode. Uh, I would absolutely love a review, comment, DM me if you're looking for coaching, long-term comprehensive stuff, things that are going to take you to the next level. And we're talking the cost of like, a, coffee, a latte a day type thing. Very inexpensive uh, when you put things in perspective. So if this appeals to you, great. If you just love the podcast and want to continue listening, you are, I'm indebted to you. Thank you very much. Continue listening. We bring on some crazy, amazing guests. And then, of course, I love to do my solo episodes as well. So you can click on the notes below to get all the information from my client questionnaire web um uh my client questionnaire my podcast as well as my website www.fitfunfather.com which will link you to all of those as well and i appreciate every one of you and thank you and we will see you on the next one